the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. 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 Life that we have now, not life we shall have later. Thank you for eternal life now. I've written unto you, children, that you may know that you have eternal life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, we have the privilege of spending all of eternity with you. Thank you, Spirit of God, for eternal life. We bless you. We refuse to forget your benefits. We command our souls to bless you. And all that is within us, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We refuse to forget it. Thank you, Spirit of God, for your blessing. Let grace rest upon this lips of clay and let it communicate the powerful word of God with simplicity and yet with understanding. Let every soul, every heart, let every mind be changed and transformed by the power of your word. Thank you for grace to receive God's word with meekness in a life transforming manner. I give you praise, I give you glory that it is done and established in the lives of your people. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Your Excellency, you are welcome into God's presence. Expect to be blessed. Expect to be touched by God. Amen. Okay, come with me to the book of Luke chapter 17, the Amplified Classics. It says, And he went on his way to Jerusalem, and it occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And they raised up their voices, verse 12, please. And as he was going into one village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Somebody say, at a distance. Now, if you are in the Old Testament, when you see the lepers are standing at a distance, you will understand what it really means. If you are a leper, you stood at a distance. You did not just stand at a distance, but you also had to shout aloud, I'm a leper. So that nobody ever came close to you. As a leper under the old, you were not supposed to touch anybody and nobody was supposed to touch you. That was a lot of lepers in the Old Testament. So you stood at a far distance. Lepers were kept far away from the city. You were not supposed to come into the city. That was God's law. So you were kept at the distance. And in our era now, leprosy can be cured. Over the past years, uh, several billions, I understand about 16 million people have been cured of leprosy. Praise the Lord. But in the days of these guys, it was not possible. If you had a leper, you were a leper for life. And it was so bad that it had natural implication as well as spiritual implications. So you were, as a leper, you were not allowed to come into the temple of God. You were not allowed. You couldn't come into the temple of God and you couldn't come into the midst of people. If you couldn't come in the midst of people, it means that you couldn't also marry. You could possibly not have children unless, of course, you want to produce after your kind by marrying another leper who will also join you in your leprosarium. That was our condition. If you look at our condition spiritually, that was our lot. We could not come amongst people. The Bible says, we who were far have been brought nigh." By the finished work of Christ. So you may not have been born physically leprous. But spiritually 
Sin made you a leper so that you couldn't come close to the throne of grace. The Bible said he had given us through him we have access to the Father. Through Christ we have access to the Father. You didn't have it before. And if you have access to God, then you can have access to all things. Yeah, it's access to God that guarantees you access to every other meaningful thing in life. That was a lot of leprosy. So when these guys met Jesus and they raised up their voices, they were not joking. They were dealing with life and death matter. Everything that they have known, every experience they could expect, positive experience, was anchored on this. They lifted up their voices. Imagine that you have been kept in the place where there is no communication. You have been kept incommunicado. And then, all of a sudden, somebody appears and you know that he has capacity. He has the key to unlock you out of your prison. How, how, how loud will your shout be? That was a lot of these guys. That's why the Bible said, when they heard that Jesus, they raised up their voices and they shouted, Jesus, Master, take pity. Have mercy on us. That was their cry. That was their prayer. That was their expectation. That was their endless desire. And verse number 14. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once and show yourselves to the priests. Show yourself to the priests. There's an act of faith. It's a command of faith because the priest is not supposed to see you. How do you go and show yourself to him? <laughs> you are not supposed to meet the priest. In fact, the priest actually who was to enforce God's law has enforced the law and made sure that you have been given your place to stay. Stay there very carefully. By the time you are coming into the midst of the city and you are not shouting, I'm a leper, I'm a leper, give way, I'm a leper, give way, I'm a leper, you must be totally cleansed of your leprosy. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. The commands of Christ will always demand faith. Disobedience, eh? The principal cause of disobedience is absence of love and lack of faith. Somebody say absence of love, absence of love. and lack of faith. Love. When we love God, obeying him is not a difficult thing. The Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He says his commandments are not grievous. If the commandments and instructions of scripture are grievous, you find it difficult, you find it burdensome, you cannot take it. It's because your love for God is low. And then faith. When faith is in place, you respond to God promptly. When Abraham was told, go to a place, he will receive us. It wasn't a pleasant thing. He had not seen it before. He had never heard it before. In his lineage, nobody had ever had an experience with God. All along, all through his life, what he was exposed to was idolatry. Idol worship was what Abraham was known, was known to Abraham. God comes to him. He says, go, show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they stepped out and they went, something happened. Something will happen to you today. As you step out of here into a new week, something supernatural will happen to you. As you step out into the weeks ahead, into the month of December, before the year ends, something good will happen to you. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. They were cured and made clean. And verse number 15, then one of them, may you be that one of them. Amen. One of them upon seeing that he was cured, turned back recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. Take note, recognizing, thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over and over and over and over. May you thank God over and over and over again. Amen. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. But look at this. Jesus, verse 17. Jesus, then Jesus asked, Where were not all ten cleansed? Somebody say, were not all ten cleansed? <laughs> all the ten they had unique experience you saw the drama every one of the people had had a certain experience but not everybody saw it yeah, not everybody was even observant to see it he says we're not all ten cleansed where are the nine then Jesus said was there no one found 
to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise God except this alien. And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your trust, confidence that springs from your belief in God has restored your health. May there be total restoration for you. Amen. Whatever it is that is valuable, you have lost this year. May God restore it unto you. Amen. May God restore it unto you. Amen. I prophesy and decree restoration for you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The question that Jesus asked was very, very important. And it's a question that I want us to reflect on this morning. Where are the nine? 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 Jesus knew what he had done. Though the nine, by their attitude probably, uh, made it obvious that they, didn't, they, they couldn't appreciate what God had done. Either they didn't see it, or they didn't appreciate it, or they didn't have value for it. But Jesus knew what he had done, and he asked, Where are the nine? When this question is being asked on the 3rd of December, may you be present to answer for yourself. Can you give me an amen? amen. May you be, uh, be uh, present to answer for yourself. Amen. What is Thanksgiving? In the context where we read, we can describe a spring Thanksgiving in these two ways. Thanksgiving is a grateful acknowledgement and appreciation of all the acts of God in your life. Somebody say, grateful acknowledgement. Say, grateful acknowledgement. Okay, grateful acknowledgement and appreciation of the act of God in your life. That's thanksgiving. You give thanks when you gratefully acknowledge. You see, the Bible said, when the man he saw, he came with a loud voice, fell down, came to acknowledge. You know, there are some people who receive, but they don't acknowledge. You remember the, the woman with the issue of blood? She came to take, but if Jesus had not confronted her, she'd have just taken it and gone. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, somebody touched me. The woman had received healing and something had transformed in her body. And she was going away. She was just going away. She has carried her healing. She wouldn't even say thank you, Jesus. She was just going away. Jesus said, somebody touched me. Peter said, shut up. We are all touching you. <laughs> Jesus said, listen, Peter, what I'm talking about is very deep. The touch is an intensive touch. Something went out of me. Then the woman said, <laughs> I am the one. I took something. When you take something, let the person you are taking it from know that you have taken something. Look at Psalm 116. Verse, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And most of the time, most of the time when the Psalms is talking about benefit, he does not say a few benefits. He says all his benefits. Because most of the time, to have a reason not to be thankful, you have to ignore all the benefits. All the benefits. Some of the benefits you may not have. But if you consider all the benefits, you'll be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you focus on all the benefits, all the benefits, all the benefits, all the benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. All his benefits. Now, don't, 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 don't get it twisted. When he began to list some of them, he didn't exhaust it. He just gave you a call of the benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Then he began to list a few of them. Verse 3. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities? <laughs> Who healed all thy diseases? All. Did you see that? All. 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 All thy diseases. All thy diseases. <laughs> Verse 4. He says, Who redeemed thy life from destruction? Who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? <laughs> who satisfied thy mouth? Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? After this, you can add any other thing that you want to add. In fact, when you come into the epistles and the New Testament, you will hardly find thanksgiving for anything material. 
for anything material for anything material the the pieces are replete with thanksgiving in fact paul wrote how many letters i think about 13 13 right 13 yeah 13 if you if you add hebrews to it that should be come to about 14 or so now in in all his letters you'll find thanksgiving in. i think the only place that you won't find thanksgiving is galatia because there they were misbehaving <laughs> he started by he starting he started on the note of angry who has bewitched you <laughs> who has bewitched you that having begun in the flesh you are now made perfect in the flesh it began in the spirit you are, you are now made perfect in the flesh so on that note but even when he came to the church of Corinth the most troublesome church where all kinds of things were happening he started by thanking God for them. In other words, no matter how bad situations are, if you look closely, you have a reason to give thanks. If you look closely. I know your husband is some way, but look closely. Look closely. That man eh, that you say is somewhere, in somebody's prayer point too. That's the truth of the matter. In somebody's prayer point. Somebody just want to uh, marry somebody like that, even if for a day. If you look closely, 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 closely. About two years ago, I was speaking to a young man in Accra, and he had married, he had, had a few challenges. And I was just trying to get into his mind. Because, you see, sometimes it's not the challenges we are confronted with, but it's our perspective about the challenge. Uh -huh. As for challenges, they are inevitable in life, but your perspective about them is what, number one, will help you deal with them. Number two, will help you to overcome them. Praise the Lord. Some of the challenges, you may not overcome them. They stay with you, but they make something better out of you. Praise the Lord. Uh -huh. So, you see, when you pray for God to deliver you, he can deliver you by bringing you out. Sometimes he will keep you in there by bringing something in you. Yeah. So, God will not, he doesn't always take you out of things. Sometimes he gives you strength through things. Because there are things in you. There's power in you. There's energy in you. There's supernatural strength in you. And until it is tested, you will not even know it. Praise the Lord. Until it is tested. That's why challenges don't... Faith does not keep you away from challenges. But faith, makes, faith is made stronger through challenges. Praise the Lord. You will not even know you have faith until something comes to check that faith. Are you here with me? So, I asked this gentleman on how, uh, or oh, I should continue. <laughs> I asked this gentleman on uh, what he was seeing. He said, <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> if there is one thing I can thank God for my wife for, is that, my wife said, I said, now, I have become more understanding. I become more patient. <laughs> and, and I was just telling him, I, I, when he finished, I just helped him to see how all of those virtues are related to his pursuit of wealth and prosperity. Uh -huh. So when you marry and you are seeking my wife change, some people even go for long weeks of prayer, Lord, change my wife. No. You see, when it comes to changing another person, you don't have capacity. But when it comes to changing yourself, you have so much power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, what, that's where real change, real change does not begin with another person. Real change begins with you. When you change, the problem will even change. Praise the Lord. When you change, when you change, when you change. Because sometimes, when we personally make a few adjustments, we will see that all along, it can even help you to see that, Charlie, it is actually not that problem. It is something else that I'm dealing with. Are you here with me? Very, very important. Okay, so let's deal with our subject of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one, grateful acknowledgement and appreciation of all the art of God in our lives. Number two, thanksgiving is a public celebration of the art and deeds of God in our lives. Somebody say public celebration. Public celebration. Yes, when God has been gracious and merciful to you, you have to let it out. The Bible said this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. When God does something and it's marvelous in your eyes, you demonstrate gratitude towards that. 
The Bible says in Psalm 105, verse 1 and 2, Oh, give thanks unto God. Call on his name. Make known his deeds. Somebody say, make known his deeds. Yeah, you, can't, you, you thank God by making known his deeds. Make known his deeds. Make known his deeds. Make known his deeds. Among the people, publicly, let people know God has been merciful. Let people know God has been gracious. I'm not communicating here. Let me put know that you are safe and secure. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15. Colossians chapter 3 verse number 15. In the New Living, yeah, he says, Let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always, 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 not when you feel good. Always be thankful. That's a tall order, right? Every Christian lives his life at the mercy of his feelings. But a strong one lives at the expense of his spirit. Yeah. Sometimes the things that scripture requires you to do, your flesh will not allow you to do it. It will be practically difficult to do it from the energy of the flesh. That's why the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. You have to fall on the strength of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. He says, always be thankful. Why is it that we are called to live a life of thanksgiving? Why must we always, always, always be thankful? I'm going to walk you through five reminders. Number one is that thanksgiving is debt we owe God. Somebody say, it's a debt we owe God. Yeah, thanksgiving is a lifetime debt we owe God. Say it, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. is a lifetime debt I owe God. Now be very, very careful when you owe somebody and the person, and you are looking for something else from the person, and the person doesn't give you, and you get angry. Be very careful. <laughs> I don't know whether I understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. be careful. You owe me a hundred thousand dollars, and he said you need some uh, five hundred dollars to do something, and I didn't give you. And you are angry, and you are spoiling my name. Be very, very careful, because if I decide to come after you, <laughs> your life will be more miserable. Are you here with me? Thanksgiving is a lifetime debt we owe God. You owe God thanks. Can I tell you something? If God never did anything for you again, you will still be obligated to give him thanks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh -huh. If God never... So when we say we're having a thanksgiving service, you have to learn to take your mind off the things that you want him to do and look at what he has done already. And in fact, you see, in Philippians, he said... No, Philemon, he said that the, if your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So when we come into the, in the Old Testament, it's more of what God is going to give me, what God must give me. In the New Testament, it's much more of what God has given me. What God has given me. What God has given me. And the more you take stock of what has been given you, the more grateful you become. Ungrateful people are not people who have nothing good done to them. Ungrateful people are people who can't see the good they have received. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not that nothing good has been done to them, but they can't see it. Their eyes must be open to see it. It's a lifetime debt. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. This is Amplified Classics. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. Amplified Classics. But we, brethren, beloved by the Lord, ought and obligated as those who are in... Please, let's read it together. Those who are in what? To give what? Thanks always to God for you. Because God chose you from the beginning as his first fruit, first convert, for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and your belief, adherence, trust, and reliance on the truth. Somebody say, I owe God thanks. I owe God. Say, I owe God thanks. I owe God thanks. Say, I owe God thanks. I owe God thanks. Yeah. 
when the spirit of god prompted me through that scripture then this song made wasidaka began to make meaning to me we owe god thanks we owe god thanks colossians 1 12 and 14 he said always giving thanks to god giving thanks always to god who has qualified us giving thanks to god now follow what he's emphasizing what the basis of this thanksgiving that is supposed to be always because he gave a reason let's go back to first thessalonians second thessalonians will appreciate that because that is where it starts from our thanksgiving starts from there we must always start from the most important things he says but we brethren beloved by god opt and are obligated to to do as those who are in debt to give god thanks always for you because god chose you for salvation that's the place you have given me more than my skin see rescued my soul for eternity i just can't forget all his benefits oh my you have you have given me more than my eyes can see rescued my soul for eternity i just can forget your benefits oh my god that's it bless the lord oh my soul don't forget it he said he chose you for salvation you see i can never stop talking about salvation you have to always understand before you ask god and you you think of any other thing important to deserve from god first and foremost thank him for salvation do you understand what i'm saying i said what thank him for salvation thank him for salvation thank him for salvation thank him for salvation in fact your ability to even dare to come before god and ask anything would not have been possible without salvation it would not have been possible it would not have been possible without salvation. It will not. It will not. It will not. You are saved. That, that is why he's become an Abba father to you. And fathers can go to their father, their children and ask children can go to their fathers and ask for something because of that relationship. You see, if we be more mindful and value salvation, other things will fall in place. So, yeah, because that, that is where the whole thing starts from. The foundation of your life is salvation. If you are not saved. So if I see a Christian who does not value the gift of eternal life he has in his spirit. And he's morose. He's down. Depressed because he lacks something else. That's what your joy. The Bible, they call it the joy of salvation. The joy of salvation. <laughs> Isaiah says that with joy you shall draw uh, water out of the wells of salvation. You, with joy you draw water. There is a well of salvation. And out of that well, you can take healing out of it. You can take deliverance out of it. You can take breakthrough out of it. You can take a wife out of it. It is called the well of salvation. And if you can see that well, all the precious things you want, they are in the well of salvation. That's where they are. They are all in that well. They are all in that well. Say, giving thanks unto the Father, Colossians 1 talk, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. He has qualified us. Ephesians 1.15. I therefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, I cease not to give thanks unto God for you. Making, he said, I cease not. Look at that. After I heard of your faith that you are born again, that you are a Christian, that you are now a child of God, you have received God's gift of salvation, I cease not, verse 16, I cease not to give thanks unto God for you, verse 16, cease not, it's a lifetime debt, cease not, if you are born again, you owe God thanks, all your life, all your life, all your life, again and again, Paul is repeatedly thanking God and he thanks God for them. Thanks God for them. Thank God for them. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 and 32. He said, And what shall we say to these things if God be for us? Listen. <laughs> Do you know how God, <laughs> you can now say God is for you? God was, he used to be against us. God used to be against us. 
The Bible says Christ went to the cross and he has blotted out the handwritten of ordinances against us. God used to be against us. If God did not used to be against us, if, uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 will not say all things of God who had reconciled us unto you. Do you know what it means to reconcile somebody? It means that you were enemies before. We were enemies of the cross. We're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But through Christ, now we can say, God is for me and nothing can be against me. Can somebody shout that God is for me? And nothing can be against me. Yeah. He says, he said, if God be for us, who, who can be against us? Now, I like verse 32. He said, he that spared not his own son. This is where your appreciation must go up. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give unto us all things? All things. You see? Until you come to a place where you value that the priceless, the priceless and the most precious thing God gave you is Christ. There is no way there are other things. Because, you see, if God gives you a car and the car will be more important than your relationship with Christ, he won't give it to you. Yeah. What, what do you say? If a husband is coming to replace God's place in your life, you are married, and because you're married and you gave birth for over a year, you are not in church. What's God's business? What's God's business? Am I communicating here? He said, if he that spared not his own son, but gave him up freely unto us, how shall he not also with him? With him. With him. How shall he not also with him also give unto us freely all things? All things. If you are a candidate for anything from God, it's because you have Christ. You see, we have come to a new generation of Christians where when we think about Christianity, it's about a house, a wife, a car, a visa. That's all. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. Christianity is that I was a sinner, now I'm saved by grace. Christianity is that I was uh, ostracized, I, was, I had no part in God's family. Today, I'm born again. That's Christianity. That is Christianity. I was doomed for hell. Tomorrow, I can think of dying and spending eternity with God. That's Christianity. Am I communicating here? That's Christianity. That's a Christian who lives a life with joy. You have never met a joyful Christian until you see one who has value for what Christ has done. Praise the Lord. I was by the bedside of a, a, a man who was dying. He didn't have much. His family didn't see him as having much. But the joy, the excitement, the hope, the hope, the hope, you could see it on his face. And it wasn't a hope of, uh, it wasn't a, a dreadful. You know, some people, when they are dying, eh? <laughs> they, they are worried dying. Because they are thinking about their car. Because the car is more valuable to them than what is waiting for them on the other side. There's nothing on the other side they can think about. When we come to, uh, what do you call it? A place where dying is gain, we live well. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You live well when you understand that death is gain. Praise the Lord. So, number one is that it's a debt. Somebody says it's a debt. Number two, God deserves it. He deserves it. This, this, this actually has to come to rational thinking. You know, rational. Somebody says rational thinking. <laughs> In fact, the Bible describes people who couldn't see that God deserved thanksgiving as futile in their minds. Foolish. That's how God describes them. That they, they, they were foolish. They couldn't see it. The reason why they were foolish is because they couldn't see it. Okay, let's do that first. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. The gospel translation. He said they know God. Somebody said they know God. But they do not give him the honor that belongs to him. Nor do they thank him. When you know God, you must know the honor that belongs to him. There's an honor. It doesn't belong to your wife. It doesn't belong to your children. It doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't belong to the fact that he had a great teacher at school. The fact that he had, it belongs to God and to him alone. They know God, but they did not give him the honor that belongs to him. Nor did they thank him. Instead, they became, their thought became complete nonsense. They, they were futile. The King James says, futile in their mind. Foolish. They were thinking foolish ideas. 
When you think that God is not worthy of thanks and praise, in spite of what he has done in Christ, the Bible says you are foolish. No wonder the Bible says the foolish man says there is no God. The foolish. The foolish. The foolish. The foolish. Because creation tells you there is God. Your conscience tells you there is God. His, his manifested works are obvious to convince you that there is God. So, you see, when, when, when you have to be you have to debate on God's existence and relevance to your life. You are foolish. How, how relevant is God? How useful is God? It is foolishness. That is the beginning of foolishness. Instead, they became thought and they are empty minds. Did you see empty minds? And most unfortunately, when your mind is not loaded with revelation, you actually see people who are great debaters as the wise people. But the Bible said they have an empty mind. It's soon a woman him. <laughs> empty minds hollow minds that's nothing valuable in there are filled with darkness and they say verse 22 they, they say they say they say they are wise but they are we call them wise philosophers great teachers great and the bible says they are fools turn to your neighbor and say god is absent revelations 4 11 you are worthy O lord to receive glory honor thanksgiving for you created all things including the one who is trying to disprove your existence you created him and they exist because you created what you pleased that's why they exist in fact psalm 100 verse 1 to 3 he said make a joyful noise unto the lord all you land serve the lord with gladness come into his presence with singing know that the lord i like that know that the lord he is one know it know it when you know that, it will change a lot of things. <laughs> know that the Lord, he is God. Not just he is God. So know that he is God. Number two, that it is he who had made us. Don't be so foolish to think that you made yourself. I have made myself rich. Ah, that is Nebuchadnezzar and you are coming down in the next few minutes. See this great Babylon. See this great profession. See this great family. See this great husband. See this great ministry are built. That's, that is where you're be, that is the beginning, the genesis of your fall. It is he who had made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people. Somebody say, I belong to God. I belong to God. Say, I belong to God. I belong to God. And, I and I owe him thanks. Yeah, you belong to him. David was a prophet, a priest, and a king. And so he gave a lot of prophetic utterances. When David was talking about the fact that we belong to God, like the, we are his people, he, he, he had to buy into the revelation of the redemption that Christ was about to bring. We belong to God. We belong to God. He said, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. That's first Peter. You were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but by his own precious blood. He's redeemed us. So, 1 Corinthians talks about the fact that we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spiritual. Somebody say, I belong to God. Belong to God. Some modern translation says, you are God's property. You are God's property. That revelation itself is life transforming. You are God's property. Anybody that touches you has taught God's property. Praise the Lord. Anybody that touches you has taught God's property. That's why you are going to see the end of a year. Amen. You will hear the sound of sorrow in your home. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. He who has preserved you from January 1st will preserve you to December 31st. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I decree and declare safety for everyone. Amen. That in all our church family, every member of this house is preserved. Amen. Every member of your family is preserved. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So it shall be in your life. Amen. Somebody say, we exist because of him. Verse, Acts chapter 17, verse 28. He says, for in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So that's why God deserves your thanks. Because you cannot exist outside him. Somebody say, there's no me without God. <laughs> say, there's no me without God. I don't exist without God. I don't have life without God. Yeah. You don't have a being. When you talk with arrogance, understand that you have a being because God allowed you to have it. Praise the Lord. So number one is that 
it's a debt number two is that he deserves it and number three is that he demands it okay so he's not just deserving of it he demands it he demands it so jesus asked them where are the nine i know what i've done where are the nine and let them show up where are the nine let them come and give me reasons why they see that they, they can't take me for granted <laughs> let them come adduce logical reasons why it cannot be in the new testament he says be thankful is a command be thankful somebody say be thankful, be thankful. yeah some hundred verse four he said enter his gaze with thanksgiving uh, and into his cause with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name is a command that's what he's demanding for it so in the book of um some one some one one six verse twelve he says, What shall I render to the Lord? You have to know. Find it and render it because he will come for it. Somebody say he will come for it. Come yeah, for it. he will come for it. My glory will I not give to another, nor my praise to graven images. He will come for it. God deserves it. Somebody say God deserves it. God say God deserves it. Huh. So, number one, God is a debt we owe God. Number two is that he deserves it. Number three is that he demands it. He demands it. So, when you withhold it from him, maybe we should go back to where we read God's word translation, Romans, because there were, when the people refused to give it, he took an action. It was a very bad action. And he will not take it in your life. I said, He will not take it in your life. <laughs> he, he deserved it. He demanded they refuse. The Bible says they knew God, but they did not praise him and thank him for being God. Instead, their thoughts were pointless and their, their misguided minds were plunged into darkness. Now go. While claiming to be wise, they became fools. Now, look at verse 23. Instead of worshipping immortal God, they worship images made to look like mortals or birds or animals or reptiles. Now, listen. That this is this is why that is the case because you see there is a God vacuum in every man. The Bible says eternity is set in the heart of man. So there is a God vacuum in every human being. You allow him to fail or you fill it with reptiles. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you allow him to fill it. You allow him to fail. So sometimes if you meet some intellectuals and great and highly respected people and some of the things they do at night, they have some pot they will go and talk to. I can imagine that. With all your degrees and professorial, you go and talk to a pot. Now, you look at it, you speak to it, and you, you think you are okay. You have become foolish. That's, that's what the Bible is saying. That's what the Bible is saying. But when we come together and out of joy celebration, we are celebrating God, they say we are wasting our time. Can you imagine that? What professors do at night? What great physicians you at night. Instead of worshipping the immortal God, they worship images made to look like mortars or birds or animals or reptiles. Now, go to verse number 24. He says, so God, this is where you must not get to. So God gave, give, God gave, God has given those people, which people? Those who know him to be God, but they will not acknowledge him. Those who know him, that he is God, but will not give him thanks. He's giving those people to do those things, feel those filthy things their hearts desire. It is dangerous when God leaves you to do what you want. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You see, as a believer, God never leaves you to do what you want. That's why what anytime you do what his spirit is not agreeable to, his word is not agreeable to, immediately his spirit strikes you. Because you are not supposed to do what you want. The moment you are living your life for yourself, by yourself, you are on your way to self-destruction. When we were delivered from the kingdom of darkness, we were translated into a new kingdom. He call it the kingdom of his dear son. In the kingdom of darkness, Satan was our master. In this new kingdom, God is our master. In the kingdom of darkness, Satan beat us. He whipped us. Whether we liked it or not, we have to do it. In this new kingdom, he has died for us, shown us love. And so when we respond, we are responding as an act of gratitude. I'm not communicating here. We, we are not loving God. We are not staying pure. We are not living the things. We are not giving. We are not doing that because God is going to punish us. No. 
he has already demonstrated too much love for us. And out of that, an appreciation, a proper appreciation and sensible intelligence analysis of what he has done, we come and we lift up our hands and we say, Lord, we are grateful. Thank you for your blessing. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to lay my life down as a sacrifice for you because of what you have done already. You see, Christianity does not begin with man. Never forget it. It never begins with us. Christianity begins with God. It began in the heart of God millions, eons of years before you even thought, before you became a blood clot. God, the Bible said Christ was late, was crucified before the foundations of the world. Not for anything, but for you. Praise the Lord. So when you read Ephesians, he says, God planned long in advance to adopt us. Long in advance. And that work became complete and perfected when Christ came on the scene. Are you here with me? So that's it. Thanksgiving is a debt. Thanksgiving God deserves. Thanksgiving God demands. Thanksgiving is a doorway. Somebody say a doorway. doorway. And I see many doors opening to you. I said, great doors are opening to you. It's a doorway. It's a doorway. You see, a doorway can close and it can also open. The door, this is the door to this place. And as a door, you can close it and you can open. So you can open it. It can open you up into certain things that are yours. And you can also close it against yourself. What we do with Thanksgiving will determine to a large extent many things that will come into our lives. He says, enter his gates. Do you get it? With what? Thanksgiving. So, if you are coming and there is no Thanksgiving, the door will not open. And most of the time, when we come into prayer, we are so overwhelmed that we are in a hurry. We can't find anything to say to God before we now tell him, how long, how long will I suffer like this? How long, how long? See my brothers, see my friends, see my church. How long? But before you now even lift up your hands to say anything, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive. Because the Bible says, let everything that has breath. The reason why you have breath is to praise. So when you use breath for anything, you miss it. When you wake up and there is breath, the first thing that must come out of your mouth is what? Praise. Father, I thank you. Every time I see a brand new day, I say thank you, thank you, Lord. That is how you respond to God. Enter his gifts with thanksgiving into his cause. Be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name. Why? There is something called God's presence. Somebody say God's presence. And it's something you must learn to cultivate. It's a place you must learn to dwell. When you dwell in his presence, certain things reflect on your life. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Psalm 16 verse 11. He said, that will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness. You see, out of God's presence, whatever we experience is a measure of joy and happiness. But the full expression of joy that empowers you to live a meaningful life, a successful life, a strong life comes from his presence. Praise the Lord. That's why no matter what it is that is making you happy, as long as as a born-again child you are not developing and growing in your work with God, you are not fully happy. Praise the Lord. And sometimes you can be very, very happy and you are broke in many areas. You may not have money, but you're still happy. And you, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a natural joy. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine. Habakkuk, the labor of the holy shall fade, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no help in the sty. Yet I will rejoice, I will joy in the God of my salvation. For the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the hands feet. He will cause me to ride upon my high places. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Are you here with me? Very, very important. It's a doorway. Doorway. When people are kind to you, be thankful so that you don't shut the door. Husband gives you something, be thankful. Wife gives you something, be thankful. Husbands, I tell them all the time, don't get up of sex and get away. Say thank you. Because for you, it's, it's fun. For her, it's work. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Are you here with me? I close with this. Number five is that thanksgiving brings dividends. Somebody say dividends. dividends. Say dividends. dividends. Yeah, dividends. Dividends. Dividends, dividends, amazing dividends, amazing dividends. 
The Bible says it's a good thing. Somebody say it's a good thing. To do what? Give thanks to the Lord. It's a good thing. When you do what is good, good things follow. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing. So it's a very bad thing not to be thankful. In fact, in the book of uh, Timothy, he says in the last days some things will come. Some cancers will invade the earth. And one of those cancers is unthankfulness. Unthankfulness. If you want to know when Jesus is coming, check your level of gratitude. This, your unthankful life, is one of the signs that Jesus is coming very soon. I close with this. Somebody say, personal thanksgiving. In the text we read, we see two aspects. The one man came, Jesus said, it's not enough. What you have come to do, they call it personal thanksgiving. Where are the nine? I was expecting corporate effort. It was 10 people are here. Where are the nine? It's 20 people that I started the year with. Where are the nine? So, where are the nine? If you look around you, your family is intact, your children are intact at the end of the year. Hold your hands. Give God corporate thanks. Personally, evaluate your life. Sit down and give God thanks. Praise the Lord. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.